Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Cut sheet is 745. We will also rip the Braves and their announcers for what they tried to say Bryce Harper should have been more cognizant and aware of in celebration. And it has something to do with what's going on globally. Once again, we can't separate uh, sports and entertainment from real life because people are offended by everything. That's coming up in just a little bit, as well as some more uh, details on everything that you are consuming when it comes to this um, battle between Israel and Hamas. We've got a handful of Hollywood celebrities that have spoken out. Uh, also, an Ivy League professor uh, could very well be fired in a matter of days, so we'll get to that. Dawn's news coming up here in just one moment. But let me wrap up with the calls here. Uh, Jim is in Wilmington, and he has some thoughts. Jim, you're on 1210. Go right ahead. Good morning, Nick. How are you today? We're doing well, Jim. How are you? Very well. Uh, around like in the 5 o'clock hour, Fox reported that uh, the Hamas, only their highest leadership knew about the attack and that it was planned two years ago. Yes, I And isn't it ironic what happened two years ago, just a little over two years ago? What are you... Afghanistan? Oh, with the withdrawal. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The botched withdrawal by Joe Biden and his administration. Yeah. Yeah, so... From from day one, soon as soon as they botched up that uh, evacuation, yep. they you know the, the other countries or our enemies are planning against us. And Jim, it's more than that. Honestly, it's it's the terrible withdrawal, leaving Americans and equipment and everything behind in Afghanistan. It's the kind of passive aggressive way of which. We have responded to Russia, Ukraine, right? Just the endless money. Uh, we have seen what China has done from flying spy balloons across our country for surveillance, setting up Chinese owned police stations in our cities, the way they kind of poke the bear. I mean, Joe Biden has exuded weakness and it's, it's noticeable to anybody with sinister evil intentions across the globe from the Middle East to Russia, Ukraine, to the Far East, and everywhere in between. Open borders. You know, we, we are collectively a weak laughingstock at this point, which is the complete opposite of what this nation was just three and a half, four years ago under Donald Trump's watch. 855-839-1210 if you want to jump in. All right, let's get some news. 7.08 Friday morning, round number two. And for that, we go to the great Dawn Stensland. Yeah, and I've been updating some live news conferences um, in reporting the tragedy that's striking Philadelphia this morning. And that is the two Philadelphia police officers shot in the line of duty. And that call, officer down, officer down. And so the search continues this morning for those suspects. So let's get to it as we update you on what's happening. But uh, we've had multiple news conferences giving some new information this morning. We know that one veteran Philadelphia police officer is dead this morning. Another injured after that shooting happened in a parking garage, Philadelphia International Airport. Late last night, as the officers were coming into parking garage D there at the airport, the officers saw these suspects trying to break into nearby vehicles. The officers, of course, go to intervene. These are fully uniformed officers, by the way, fully uniformed. And that's when the suspects open fire on them. 
So we know that one officer who's a veteran, 50 years old, 20 years on the force, rushed to the hospital, did not survive that shooting, was pronounced dead, and we he leaves behind his wife, and he's a father, and so a lot of grief striking our Philadelphia police, um, and as well law enforcement across the country, as we know, back the blue, and this strikes everybody. The surviving officer, 60 years old, has 22-some years experience on the force, and so at least one suspect is believed to be in another hospital, had had been taken to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. They're searching for those other suspects, at least two to three other armed and dangerous suspects, and that's the latest this morning. We also have, of course, a beefed-up police presence in Philadelphia, especially today, Friday, and that's because a former Hamas militant leader calling for protests, labeling today, Friday the 13th, as a day of jihad. And so we also had rallies in support of Israel as well as in support of Hamas. Another rally was just yesterday taking place here in Philadelphia. This is happening across the country, particularly on the East Coast. Local authorities say they are upping patrols as a safety precaution as a result of all of that, and because we in the Philadelphia region and on the East Coast as well have a bigger Jewish population, also looking to guard schools, places of worship, things of that nature. Now, Philadelphia police point out that although they are increasing their patrols out of an abundance of caution because of what's happening in Israel and Gaza and this day of jihad declared, Philadelphia police pointing out there are no current threats to the Philadelphia region. So they just want to have that presence and asking everyone in the community, please be proactive. We're also talking about the death toll of American citizens in Israel, 27. And that includes a local 20-year-old New Jersey native and DJ, Leor Abramov, who we have, was from Mercer County, New Jersey. We've talked about him. He was over there for the celebrations. He's a DJ, and he has uh, tragically been confirmed through um, official sources as well as his family. Yeah, that's who terrible. Who is grieving him. Oh, it's the better news of the day, obviously, as we move through the day, our Philadelphia Phillies. We got her done yesterday in South Philadelphia, and it's exciting as we move on to play Arizona Monday night, 8.07 in the NLCS. But we won last night 3-1. to History was made, and it's uh, Nick Castellanos became the first player to hit multiple homers in consecutive postseason games in between yesterday and today. So it's just so exciting. He might be the coolest athlete in Philadelphia right now as well. <laughs> he's got the tattoo sleeves, he's got the bandana on. He's a character. He's not only a good player, but a funny dude. Oh, it's and, so exciting. And by the way, Stalker, Arizona-Philly, Monday yeah. night, the series line, if you want to bet the uh, the Phillies to win the series, yeah. the Phillies are a minus 166 favorite. So you got to bet 166 bucks to win 100. Wow. I'm going uh, Phillies in five. Phillies in five. Yeah, Phillies in five. Wow. I checked. It's a seven-game series. So Phillies Phillies in five. Yeah. Arizona will get one game. Gotcha. Wrap me up. We have, and of course, today is the official day of the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie opening across thousands of AMC theaters across America. Flask is filled. (laughs) What did... What was your nickname for her, uh, Sailor Twift? Sailor Twift. Sailor yeah. in, in your in, in honor of your edict and not hearing that name on this show for a week, I decided to give her the alias so of Sailor yep. Twift. Yep. Sailor Twift. 
Well, today, 67 degrees, bright, sunny skies. That all changes tomorrow. The high just 55 degrees, a blustery, windy, kind of a raw, nasty Saturday. 50- Have we had a nice weekend? I know, though. right? No. You know, I'm going to spend ah. my, if it's going to be like this for the rest of the fall on Saturdays, I'm going to fly down the Brunos after the show every Friday. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'll be back on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horrendous here every weekend. I hate it. Yeah. Great football weather for tomorrow, people. Um, we'll still be tailgating. All right, for I'm talking high school. Yeah, where football. are the boys at? Uh, where's Germantown at tomorrow? Yeah, so no, it's a, I think it's a home game. A home game. Yeah. Okay. So who do you play? I think Haver Haverford. It's Interact League. Haverford. Are they any good? Yeah. Okay, I got a uh, Germantown Academy. I, I set the line at four and a half. Small favorite. Minus four and a half. You get all the high school kids. You guys can bet. Uh, you guys can bet vaping pens and uh, iPhone 15s. Oh, it's so funny. So Sunday looks a little bit better, 60 degrees, and the sun does come out. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Kale and Company News Live. All right, Dawn, thank you very much. 855-839-1210 is the number. Uh, We'll just wrap up here in the next couple of minutes. I'll save some of the other uh, Israel-Hamas stuff. We've got ratings from the networks. We've got celebrities that are talking and also a Ivy League professor that is, I, I can't believe this stupid to actually include some of this in her social media profile. But uh, I did mention you know, the Phillies and the Braves, and there is a tie-in here to what's going on with Israel and Hamas. Now, I did not see this, nor did I hear this, because I believe this was from Joe Simpson, who is one of the Braves' local announcers. I'm not sure if he does radio like Scott Fransky or if he's like the Tom McCarthy on the TV side for the Braves. But the Braves announcers were not happy and not fans of Bryce Harper's throat slash celebrations following his two home runs in Game 3. So not last night, but the prior game. Uh, And this story is from Outkick.com. Bryce Harper staring down Braves shortstop Orlando Arcia after each of his two home runs during Game 3 of the NLDS is garnering all the, the attention. But that wasn't the only thing that the Philadelphia superstar did while rounding the bases on Wednesday night. Harper made a throat-slashing gesture before stomping on home plate after both of his dingers, and Atlanta's announcers took exception to this. Given the fact that Hamas terrorists oh. are murdering, oh, for God's I, sake. I, I, I know, I know, I know. This is I'm, this is uh, this is madness. But given the fact that Hamas terrorists are murdering and beheading Jews in Israel at mm-hmm. the moment, the Braves announcers didn't believe Harper's celebrations were in good taste, to put it mildly. Quote again. He gave the throat-slashing sign, which given today's climate around the Uh, world, I'm not sure that's quite what anybody wants to see. I've decided decided I do want to go to war, but it's with Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we already ended them. Honestly, I'm surprised that more left-wing nutjobs weren't freaking out uh, on Game 3 when the Phillies fans were doing the tomahawk chop to mock the Braves. (laughs) That's that's offensive to Native Americans. Oh, God. What a... What a... I mean, this is once again where sports, comedy, stand-up, entertainment, guys, gals, it's not real life. The the announcers were just butthurt because yes. we had their number. But, like, the throat slash has been a, a symbolic sports gesture right. for many yeah. years. Yeah. Many years. Right. I thought the beheading thing was fake news anyway. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. It's I all, say sarcastically. It's all fake news. Right. So, so like, make is, up your mind. You know. We've seen this in football, uh, you know, years ago. I forget. I think it was Michael Strahan, Zach Donovan McNabb. He did the throat slash. And, and then, you know, I've, I've even seen people that get offended 
during, especially during the summer of 2020 with the BLM movement and the, the, the riots that we had, that fall when college football was played in mostly empty stadiums, there were people in left-wing media losing their mind over Florida Gator fans doing the Gator Chomp. Because you know, oh, the, the, that, oh, I think I told you about history, this before. Yeah, yeah, the history with um, b- little black babies yes. being handed the g- gators back, you know, hundreds of years ago. Ridiculous! It's like we got to stop losing our mind over stuff that we know we, is fiction. You know what the problem is with a lot of these announcers, and it's and this only really happens in baseball because there's so much downtime, and yeah. they just they just need to fill time. They do, and and they just say stupid stuff, right? Because they just need to fill time. Yep. So whatever comes out of this idiot's pea brain, yep. he says, much like here on Kale and Company. That's correct. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, this was uh, Joe Simpson, who's, I believe, the play-by-play announcer for the Braves. Is he related to OJ? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a slash. So, I was just... A, yeah, Sam, throat exactly, slash, a Simpson. Exactly. I see the double tie in there. By the way, can I just say, I'm wearing my Kale and Company uh, uh, hooded sweatshirt you are. today. Uh, you can get it. Uh, look, it's a nice fit. This is a large. Mm-hmm. In case anybody out there wants a large, a large is a nice fit. Uh, Kale and Company Free Speech lives here. It's a light gray. I believe you're right, Nick. I believe it's Heather Gray. That's correct. Okay. Yes. Um, Dated her in ninth grade. But by the it's way. a nice, it's a nice sweatshirt. You can you can get all the merch for everything at twelve ten wpht.com. The merch store is right there on the right hand side. Just click it. All the stuff is right there. Please help us support, uh, promote. Uh, all the shows on this radio station because you are our promotional staff. That's correct, and we need you to um, you know help us and uh, and wear these out places. Phillies games, you know, there's a big Phillies game on Monday. Yep, we'd love to see some swag. Yeah, out there. If show you up it. at the next uh, Hamas protest. Show, show, that. Uh, show your uh, show uh, show your sweatshirt shirt whatever uh, at the Phillies game and help us promote. Uh, this radio station and our shows. There you go. 855-839-1210. If you want to jump in, we'll give you some more details with Israel and Hamas as far as the network's coverage of it. Also, what idiots in Hollywood are saying. And then before we get to the cut sheet, we got to get to Arnold Schwarzenegger. The governor is back, and he's running amok on all these big blue mayors and governors across the country. We'll get to that cut sheet at 745, and we're back after this. It's Kale and Company On Demand. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Cut sheet coming up at 745, so we're just about 20 minutes out from that. Uh, And then also in in just about 10 minutes, we'll put a little bit of a bow on this Israel-Hamas conversation. We've got some ratings from the networks on how they're covering it. Uh, A professor that is about to be relieved of her duties. So... Uh, Hollywood speaking out. Justin Bieber, Susan Sarandon, Mark Ruffalo in regards to Israel and Hamas. We'll get to that. But a short segment here, so I just want to mention this story because I love anytime Arnold Schwarzenegger is in the news. By the way, it's been about 13 days since I've watched Terminator. I'm due to watch it again. Uh, But remember, back in 2003, Schwarzenegger was the 38th governor of California and served two terms. Um, And he has come out now, and he's been doing a lot of media appearances, talking about politics. And he was on The View, and he was also on, I believe, I didn't didn't even know this, that Rob Lowe has a, um, a show on satellite radio. So he's been doing all sorts of different appearances, and he was on The View on Monday calling for a secure border and comprehensive immigration reform. Obviously, the southern border being the the backdrop to that context. And then he goes on to say, 
Democrats, quote, want to F up every city in America, which I absolutely love. And that recent remark came during a interview on Sirius XM's literally with Rob Lowe when Lowe was asked by the uh, when Lowe asked the 76 year old Terminator star and former Republican governor of California what it means to be a Republican and what it means to be a Democrat. Lowe led into the discussion by honing in on Republicans, noting that former rep David Dreyer of California characterized the party's platform as consisting of, quote, in no particular order, strong military, which clearly we do not have right now, low taxes, something I think everybody should want, less government, so less government means less taxes, and more personal freedoms. Sounds legit to me, right? It's kind of what I adhere to, the things I look for, noting that there was one more he forgotten to mention. Uh, Schwarzenegger says strong law enforcement. Schwarzenegger chimed in in a clip that was pulled by Mediate.com. It's a site that we use frequently on this show. So, yes, strong law enforcement, which that means not open. By the way, if you have strong law enforcement, and just on a little sidebar here, things like what happened late last night into the wee hours of the morning at Philadelphia International Airport, sadly for two officers, when those types of things are in place in your city and it's well known that you are a law and order municipality, government, city, state, country, whatever it is, These things will happen less frequently. He says, quote, Democrats are ruining your city. That is what Democrats do every single day. We are about ruining cities. We want to F up every city in America. That seems to be the theme right now, said Arnold Schwarzenegger, to which Rob Lowe said, why is that? Arnold Schwarzenegger says, I have no idea. But he does believe right now in this country now more than ever. He said that we need to get tougher on a comprehensive immigration reform. And obviously this is stemming from what we have seen statistically at the southern border last month, 304,000. December of 2022, 302,000. So uh, I love anytime Arnold Schwarzenegger is out there. And I had totally forgotten. I didn't even realize that. Well, I, I did, but I forgot. He served two terms. In California, he was a governor for eight years out there. Mm-hmm. And think about, you know, we look at the way our political landscape has shifted in the last 20 years. You go from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. And this is I think about this. This is this is 13 years before Donald Trump, you know, you know, basically pulls the Schwarzenegger card and goes from Hollywood and iconic status to politics. And now think about where California is 20 years later with Gavin Newsom. Hard to believe that it, like California could be red. With the governor, like that's never going to happen again. There's he, just no way. He well, was, a, was red with Reagan. Yeah. I mean, I I also think that it now could swing. It could possibly swing back because they've had this mass exodus of wow. people, and it has been such a disaster. Yeah, he I, was. I'd like to think that, but I just he was also <laughs> very moderate too. Like yeah, was, yeah. No, he, yeah. Was, he was not like a staunch conservative. Yeah, and married to a Kennedy, Maria Shriver. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Or, you know, now his ex-wife. Yeah. Of, okay stupid things that he did yeah by the way speaking of um moderates um and we'll get back to israel hamas in a second i gotta say god bless the internet there and you mentioned a moderate and chris christie certainly would fall under that umbrella there's a there's there's a meme video going i sent <laughs> it to a, you guys in the group text I know, last night it's a there's a, there's a guy like, who looks like he's, he's just big like chris christie and they say here's chris christie uh getting ready to go to battle for israel and hamas in the war and there's this real big guy dressed in um you know middle eastern garb trying to get on a camel and he falls <laughs> off and all these people are laughing and i'm just thinking of it like god i love the internet oh 
sloppy Chris Christie. He would kill a He would break the camel's hump, literally. Oh. All right. 855-839-1210. Enough fun. Uh, we'll come back. We'll get to the ratings. Why MSNBC is tanking when it comes to this war coverage and Fox and CNN on the uptick. We'll get to those details. And also, sometimes Hollywood, um, I know which way you lean, but you should just probably keep it zipped. It's Kale and Company. We're back after this. Stay right there. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Let's talk about Parks Casino in October and the $50,000 trick-or-treat treasures is on so win, and you're going to have a close encounter with a creepy claw machine. Yeah, winners selected every 20 minutes, Friday, October 20th. So you earn entries right now through next Friday, October 20th, for your big chance to play the creepy claw with the $50,000 trick-or-treat, trick-or-treasures only at the number one casino, Parks Casino, the hottest entertainment. Yeah. 33,200 state-of-the-art slots, 115 table games, the best sports book on the entire East Coast. I love Joe Conklin's Comedy Night with New York's best club comedians and sometimes Rich Zioli every other Thursday night and the best local bands every single weekend only at 360 Lounge. And don't miss these top headliners coming soon. Comedian Michael Blaustein, Friday, October 20th. Then Howie Mandel, Friday, November 17th. Air Supply, November 18th. Aaron Lewis, Thursday, November 30th. Michael Carbonaro, Friday, December 15th. And then for the next day, Saturday, Martina McBride. Parks, the ultimate destination for action, excitement, entertainment, free parking, valet parking, EV charging stations. Yeah, for all things Parks Casino, just visit parksparxcasino.com. This is how you win. Must be 21. Gambling problem. 1-800-GAMBLER. Friday morning, what's on the cut sheet inside of 10 minutes? You'll find out what we have in store. Nick, Don, and Greg, 855-839-1210 to climb in. On the other side of the cut sheet, we will get into a very interesting story about how Gen Z is moving south. So I've never felt more good about my life to move back north. (laughs) Perfect timing for me. Uh, And then also, CBS's Gail King says, Wokeism is truthism. We will debunk that. And also, the secret to living to 100. And it's not about making healthy, smart choices. So at this rate, I'll be uh, living to about 117. Good. Yeah, baby. That's what we like to hear. I'll be in, like, uh, contract 14. Uh, about uh, 86 years from now, <laughs> I'll be on here just uh, ranting and raving to myself. By that point, we won't even have like studios anymore. We'll just be able to like do radio shows from wherever we would like. Actually, we Virtual. already have that. Yeah, we already have that, don't we? I'm going to start doing shows via Zoom if I don't feel like coming in. <laughs> See if Greg thinks about that. 855-839-1210 is the phone number. So, interesting here, um, and we know that when it comes to the media, you know what you're going to get from CNN and MSNBC. You know what you're going to get from Fox News. You know what you're going to get from News Nation, Newsmax, OAN, things like that. But MSNBC is down, and Fox News and CNN are soaring in the ratings since the start of this conflict between Israel and Hamas. Uh, since this started on Saturday, October 7th, all the major cable news networks have provided coverage both on the ground and in studio. And I know, Dawn, you're a big proponent of you know feet on the ground in these types of conflicts. And you said you know this is when CNN used to be in their glory days, in their heyday. They were really good at this. And while ratings for CNN jumped and Fox News soared, 
MSNBC's ratings have taken a steep dive. Uh, according to the latest numbers, MSNBC lost a third of their audience in prime time. 33% of a drop and uh, a 24% drop overall around the clock in viewership. And this is from October 7th to October 10th. In comparison, Fox News saw a jump in total viewers by a whopping 42%, and CNN capitalized, and they saw a gain of 17%. Now, I've got to believe, and we've seen the New York Times with their stealth editing a uh, columnist, uh, journalist X, we can't use the word terrorist. That's opinion, not fact. Uh, we've seen the Canadian Broadcasting Corp, but also whether it's MSNBC, the network, or NBCNews.com, they have been, of all the far-left um, you know, uh, cable channels or publications with their websites, they have been the most ardent supporters of this pro-Palestinian movement here with Hamas. From Dan Abrams to Mehdi Hassan, and they have basically come out here and made the comment that we're going to shift the blame on the political decisions of Israel and the United States and shifting the focus onto Palestinians and away from the actual victims here, which are the Israelis by Hamas. Now, I think historically, according to Mediate, MSNBC struggles when there's global conflict and war and Fox and CNN have traditionally done better. But when your hosts are coming out there and basically making this no different than a New York Times or celebrities in Hollywood, you're going to you're going to turn off a sizable portion of your audience, whether you Mm -hmm. believe that or not. And the proof is in the pudding here. They lost a third of their audience. It's staggering. Yeah, because and I I think that's actually a good thing to let the free marketplace and let consumers just by turning to somebody they trust as a news source who can do it better without that kind of ridiculous bias, mm-hmm. let that give them a message. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I just, these are atrocities. This is horrifying. We've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And for anybody to try to minimize it or even have a discussion right. about why both sides are equal or something, it, it's absurd. Yeah. I, I, I have, I mean, I figured there would be some support for, or I should say, some anti-Israel sentiment when this broke out last Saturday. I'm five days into talking about this now, and we've been we've been covering it since Monday. Uh, to you know, you know, I would say deeper each, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we were all over it. A little bit less uh, yesterday, a little bit less today. Um, and obviously, we'll see the way things play out this weekend with updates and you know, keeping you uh, looped in. But I'm still stunned five days in talking about this at the sheer amount of support for, and, and like they're saying pro-Palestinian. But if you're if you, you can label it however you want, you're you're basically justifying and trying to rationalize what irrational people are doing, and that is Hamas. You can't you can't negotiate with crazy, right? There, there's yeah. there's no cure for for stupid. And right now you just look at this and it's it's laughable to me. And now we have people in Hollywood, Mark Ruffalo, who plays uh, the Hulk uh, in the latest movie, Susan Sarandon, 
Justin Bieber, some of the biggest people, whether they're, um, you know, they, if their glory days were in the 80s or 90s, or if they are some of the biggest acts in entertainment or Hollywood today, coming out with these pro-Palestinian, I stand with and support Palestine, uh, says Justin Bieber. Mark Ruffalo, I received a note today from journalist and author of The Day in the Life of Abed Salama that resonated deeply with me. I wanted to share his words as we all watch in horror as what's unfolding with the Israeli government and Hamas today. Horrific to see innocent civilians killed and held hostage. And while there's no justification for it, we have to understand that both sides are to blame for situations like this. You know, I don't I don't view it that way. I'm not going to sympathize at all with terrorists that are killing Americans, killing Israelis, killing babies, women, the elderly. And that's why I said to me, this this is different. This is not killing other soldiers because when you're in a quote-unquote war, there's rules of engagement, things like that. This is just flat-out barbaric savagery where you're going door-to-door and trying to eliminate, eradicate, or exterminate a entire population. This is, like, I, I, it's, it's actually wild that we have to say it. This is no different than Hitler. Hitler's goal was to eliminate the Jews from the face of the earth. Radical Islamic extremists under the guise of a holy war, are trying to take out the Jewish people and anybody that sympathizes or supports them and anybody that lives a life similar to us here in the West. They want Americans dead. They want Christians dead. They don't care. And this is the thing, too, about... um I thought about this last night with this global day of jihad, this terror. You know, you mentioned, Dawn, in your news this morning, heightened alert police presence. Um for all of those defund the police activists, um, I don't wish any ill will on you. Yeah. But if you are in a situation where maybe the police presence isn't what it used to be and you end up dealing with some sort of escalating tensions today in this country, just remember this for for all of these left wingers out there that are supporting Palestine. If there are if there's sleeper cells in this country and they show up today and ready to go in any let's just say in Denver, Colorado. Do you think they? Do you think they're going to ask you? Are you? Uh, are you a liberal or a conservative? No, <laughs> exactly. They don't care. So you know, it's again wild that we have to even try to have yes. this conversation five days in. But that's where we are. Yeah, you know, we're talking about even the way media words things, and I'm noticing last night and this morning as we're talking about this former Hamas leader saying it's in a day a day of jihad. We keep hearing that. Yeah. But instead of reporting the quote, they're saying it's a day of rage. Day of rage. And that's not. So I looked up jihad just to make sure. Is there something I I didn't know? Uh Um, A struggle or fight against the enemies of Islam. And then they use it in a sentence. He declared he declared a jihad against the infidels. Mm -hmm. A struggle or fight against the enemies of Islam. Yep. It does not mean it is not. Syn- an, a, a synonym of the word rage mm-hmm. so it's like um so they're, they're trying to justify it as well we're not really doing much damage it's just like looting and rioting you know we'll just uh, burn off some energy and uh, you know we'll call it a day and go home i i just i hope and pray that when we come back monday morning we are not talking about any major um uh you know tragedies in this country at, that occur today that we won't get a chance to talk about until monday i hope that 
this was nothing more than just uh, posturing and nothing transpires in this country. All right, 855-839-1210 is how you climb in. 745 right on the dot. Let's get to a Friday edition of What's on the Cut Sheet. What's on the Cut Sheet? What's on the Cut Sheet on this Friday is brought to you by our good friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, where they have ample inventory of brand new and beautiful pre-owned Volvos. Enjoy the luxury experience you deserve. They always go the extra mile for their customers because relationships matter at Cherry Hill Volvo. Check them out on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Please tell them you heard about them on 1210 WPHT. Thank you, Cherry Hill Volvo, for sponsoring the ever-important and always the best Friday edition of what's on the cut sheet. You know who's somebody who would not fare well, fare thee well in um, the Middle East or Islamic countries? TikTok influencers? Dylan Mulvaney. I was close. Oh, boy. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I, I don't even wish that upon Dylan. So apparently Dylan was the recipient of, and Dawn, hold on to your... Corn cob pipe? Blouse. <laughs> Uh, your blazer on this one. <laughs> uh, sh- Dylan won Woman of the Year. Great. <laughs> by British magazine. Uh, what's the. Vogue? No. Esquire? It was the Virgin Atlantic Attitude Awards. Ah, uh, Virgin Atlantic. <clears throat> Sponsored by Virgin Atlantic. <laughs> so Dylan gets, gets up and makes the acceptance speech. Oh, no. You know, actually, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm all Israel Hamas out. I'm looking. I need more Dylan in my life. Well, that's why I started with this. Thank if you. you notice, every day this week I yeah, started yes. with something that is not. I trust me. Yeah. I have four pages of stuff here. Yeah. I'm not. You know, I have all the Israel Hamas stuff that you could possibly want or not. Great. But we're going to start with Dylan Mulvey. Yeah, let's do that. All right. This is the speech. The Woman of the Year Award, supported by Virgin Atlantic goes to Dylan Mulvaney. Hello, London! Oh, my God. Wow. I am so honored to be here with you all tonight. And, you know, some see me as the woman of the year. Mm -hmm. Some see me as a woman of a year and some change, as I only publicly came out online 560 days ago. Tracking it to the day. And some people don't see me as a woman at all. Uh Uh-oh. That's me. Boo! Which is why receiving this honor from a queer publication like Attitude means so much more to me. Attitude. Because Mm. here's what I've realized. You ready? Okay. Okay. So, no matter how hard I try, Mm -hmm. or what I wear, or what I say, or what surgeries I get... I will never reach an acceptable version of womanhood by those hateful people's standards. Got it. But as long as I have the queer community Mm -hmm. that sees me for my truth, I'm going to be okay. My truth. And... By the way, let me just stop this here. Whenever somebody says the word, my truth, Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, run. (laughs) Yes, because it's usually fiction. (laughs) <laughs> I'd like to thank Dylan for killing my enjoyment of my favorite light beer that I no longer consume or purchase. <laughs> Woman of the Year, yeah. Don Stenslin. Yeah. How but, do we feel about this? Uh, and just to describe Dylan, who used to be a brunette mm-hmm. and is now with a blonde little bob and a beaded bustier designer dress with a floofy, <laughs> fluffy, I don't know what you say, tool kind of 
skirt, mm. tools a good ball word. gown, yeah. ball gown. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, look if you, however you want to dress up, and they want to give out this award, good for you. God bless you. Just don't try to change laws to have this individual take women's jobs or awards or places in sports. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, be, you go be you. I'm all for personal freedoms in the world. You go be you. And I'm glad that Dylan is blessed to have been born in America. Do you think, uh, you, well, yes, exactly. Because Dylan would be dead yeah. in most, right. I'm not, and, and I'm, I say this, yeah. not condoning, I'm yeah, simply of saying, not. of course not, to put things into perspective, yes. Dylan would be dead mm-hmm. if not in the UK getting this right. or in the United States of America. I'm sure Dylan's pro pro-palestinian right now yep we i was just gonna say that i was right. just gonna say do you think that oh there's no doubt dylan has the palestinian flag yeah I, you know i don't know if dylan's on twitter but um i know dylan uh is usually on tiktok which is another reason why i will never be on tiktok um but i'm sure dylan uh has supported that and uh he's probably gotten a few comments uh who wants to let dylan in on the secret right <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a little bit more by the way i hate that this person has the same name as my son yeah, anyway. are you uh, reconsidering? Is it <laughs> I too might late? Be. I might be. I'm equally grateful that this title is happening in the UK, and not just because I am deeply attracted to your accents, which I am, <sighs> but because I came to London on holiday this summer after months of feeling isolated, and when I arrived, I, I didn't feel that baggage that I was carrying back in the US, and I didn't feel like the trans beer girl. You know, I, I, did, oh I didn't God. walk into rooms and you wonder, oh, does that person hate girl. me? Um, I, I was just another gal walking around in a Burberry trench on her way to a West End musical. And, you know, I, I romanticized this country as a safe place. And as dangerous as it is for trans people here right now, like the hate that was spewed last week, maybe it's less about where we are and more about who we're with. And that if I'm surrounded by people like you all, that this still can be one of my safe spaces. So, oh my God. when you mm-hmm. have a win for trans rights, that's a win for us back in the States too. And I think if we all just adopt a girl's girl mentality and we say goodbye to the scarcity complexes, that we have a better chance of getting through this because they want us to be in competition with each other. They would love nothing more. By the way, if this was mm-hmm. if this was an award for a trans person of the year, I would yeah. definitely agree yeah, that Dylan, Dylan Mulvaney the, is the trans person of the year. He's the king of kings when it comes to the trans community, no doubt. What people take issue with is uh, woman of the year. And, and D- Dylan, ha- Dylan had the procedure, correct? He's not. Dylan's not a Tucker. No. He's been, he's been, uh, we're not sure about yeah. that. Had, had has confirmed facial surgeries and taking out the Adam's apple surgery. Okay, but has not confirmed taking off the okay ultimate so, male apparatus. So then this would still apply to Dylan. You want to pound it? You can stop. Okay. Will you stop do it like a dry rub from a cooking segment? The context, context matters. <laughs> yes, it does. No, and that's just it. It's it just feels like a mockery. Of everything that that is a woman, so you're not. No, you're not. It's it's okay. Be you. You're yeah. you're a trans individual. God bless you. God bless you. I don't even know if this individual is technically gay. Mm. I, I think these individuals have have hijacked the gay and lesbian movement because if Dylan is biologically a male and I believe still has the male apparatus and is attracted to women, mm-hmm. you're not gay, right? And if you know what, I would ask. See, I would love to do like a like a um, 
like a big roundtable conversation with all the letters of the uh, the community, LGBTQIA+, a whole bit. And then I would like to just try to understand. So I would ask Dylan, okay, so you are born a biological male, and then I would say, are you attracted to men? And if Dylan said yes, then I would say, okay, well, that would make you gay. What made you not want to just stay a man and date another man? What made you want to go to this level and this extreme to yeah. become what you are claiming as a female? And then are you attracted to and dating men now? Do you date both? Like, I would, lo- I would love to understand because I truly, and I, I say this sometimes tongue in cheek, but I really do believe it. I think it's a mental health breakdown. When you believe that you are in the wrong, I like, I'm sorry, I can't wrap my head around that. There's only two genders. And like Dawn said, God bless you. You do, you do whatever you yeah, want. My you only push, you. my only pushback is the men coming in and taking women's spots in women's created spaces. And then also, and again, I don't tell parents how to parent. I just think it's a terrible parenting decision to put your kid through any of these procedures. Like if you want to have the procedure once you're a grown adult at 18 or older, knock yourself out. And I don't know how the doctors get behind it either. Um, by the way, Newman Price on the YouTube chat says uh, that 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 Dylan still has all the parts. Okay. So yeah, that's what I that's what I believe as well. Okay, so then Dylan, you want to pound it, stop, <laughs> and then do like a dry rub. Right. So you still can do Cooking that. Cooking segment. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're grilling with Dylan. Silly. That's, oh my goodness. So silly. It's so silly. How <laughs> dare you? Uh, I'm trying to pull something up here. Hang yeah, on. grilling grilling with Dylan. Throw a few sausages on the grill. Put another shrimp on the bobby. Uh, in, with the Dylan Mulvaney segment, we uh, we like to uh, always uh, refer back to our buddy, uh, Michael Pelka, who reminds me of uh, this. So I recently told my parents that I may be a little bit romantically interested in women. There we and go. that was a big shock for them, considering the past 10 years of coming out as gay, then queer, then non-binary, then trans. And I think it was just a bit of a shock. So I tell my dad and he goes, well, I would love to see you get a woman pregnant. And I said, oh, no, no, no. She would be getting me pregnant. And then he said, what, do you have a vagina now? Got it. And Mm -hmm. I said, never say never. And then I tell my mom and she goes, I would just love to see you own property one day. In California, that's sort of, you know, a a parent's dream. It's not having kids or getting married. It's it's are you able to own a house? It's my dream, too. Um, Wouldn't that be nice? It would be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there he the is. mom just avoids the topic <laughs> yeah. altogether. Yeah. The mom does not want to talk about a vagina for Dylan. Yeah. Mom is just saying, "I hope you 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 own property. I hope you're a homeowner," <laughs> and basically saying, "Because you're not living in my house." <laughs> Front page of the Philadelphia Inquirer: Right wing radio host and Dylan Mulvaney share identical dream. Home ownership <laughs> won't happen. Uh, God, that's funny. Uh, so uh, Vivek Ramaswamy was on with Hannity last night, and boy, was it a train wreck! Uh, it's Uh-oh. only been two days since Vivek's been on TV. Vivek, v- Vivek went Uh-oh. all over. This is um, uh, Hannity was just so he Hannity had issue with him calling out specifically. Um, uh, Nikki Haley for what's happening over uh, in Israel, in the Middle East, and they are. Uh, she, Vivek, basically said something to the effect of, you know, the reason people care so much about what's happening is because they have vested interests in it. You know what I mean? And he, he said this. Correct. He said this with Tucker yeah. too, uh, which is what Sean Hannity takes offense to. Uh, this is a. This is. 
I didn't pull the whole thing, but it's it's just 10 minutes of them yelling back and forth with one <laughs> another. So I pulled a little bit at the beginning and then a little bit at the end, so you kind of just get the flavor of it. Uh, this is how that train record of, of an interview went. Cut 16, Daniel. Is you're saying that her concern for Israel is is driven by financial and a corrupting influence, and your explanation that this disproportionate focus on rape, kidnapping, and, and murder of of Jew- the Jewish people in this attack, and that there, and your quote, that there are frankly financial and corrupting influences that lead them exactly to speak the way they do. Um, Sean, that is Sean. That is a shameful char- mischaracterization. Uh, when uh, I'm talking uh, about Azerbaijan stop, stop right now. I'll, and I'll Armenia. Read the exact tw- you I do may. this in every single interview. From you say Azerbaijan stuff and then you and deny Armenia. it. Absolutely. You deny you deny your own words. So I mean, he's you know, right. Why don't you just own what you say and stand by it and stop playing these games? I'm owning what I say, Sean. Well, I'm just Sean, telling I, you what you I say. I'm owning what I say. What? Well, I'm telling you, I'm, I, you're a smart guy. Watch that I would assume you remember what you say anytime they want. Yeah, I absolutely do. And so, Sean, maybe we have a debate that we need to have in our party. What's happening in Azerbaijan and Armenia was a separate discussion that I had. And I do believe that it is shameful that Azerbaijan is getting away with what they are because they have a powerful lobby in the U.S. But it is shameful to extrapolate that to the comments in Israel, where, to be honest, I have been crystal clear that what's happened is barbaric. It is medieval. It is wrong. And Israel absolutely said this since day one, say it now, has the right to defend itself to the fullest extent. Where I differ from other candidates in this field is that I also believe that this is Israel's decision to make. The U.S. should stand with Israel. But we need to be very careful not to enter a broader regional war in the Middle East. I have not that heard a, a single, I have not heard a single Republican, I agree with Vivek, that. I've not heard yeah, a sure, single Republican call yeah. for that. But I really want an explanation here. Uh, I actually, I, no, no, I want an explanation to the... Disagree with you. Can I finish? I want an exact explanation yeah. for your exact comments that there are frankly financial and corrupting influences that lead them exactly to speak the way that they do. Now, why why would well, you say gonna, what are the financial corrupting influences that Nikki Haley is taking a position on? We've got pictures of dead babies decapitated, burned babies' bodies. Sean, we've got the equivalent of what would be population-wise in the US over 37,000 dead Americans. So, how much more evidence do you? What are you talking about? <laughs> Sean, what I'm talking about is what's happening in Israel is an atrocity, and the U.S. absolutely, you're not as answering I said my along, question, should stand with Israel. Answer but you're the question. A question, which is the corrupting influence on our politicians. Well, the fact of the matter is, I think anybody who has been a military contractor, anybody who. And it went on like that for 10 minutes. Well, I mean. He's not wrong from the standpoint of, A, what's going on is horrific, and B, you know, we should support Israel, but we should not be like Lindsey Graham and just go in there and start blasting away, which is kind of the stance you have taken, Stalker. So, I, like, I, I, what is, I don't understand what Hannity's beef is, his, and I'm not even pro-Vivek at this point, because I think the shine is worn off a little bit on Vivek, to his, be honest. His beef is, is that he said that um, Nikki Haley and, and people in the Republican Party have a vested interest in Israel. Well, anybody that is well, Nikki is certainly more pro financial meaning, right? Well, Nikki is yeah. certainly more pro war than than Trump or Vivek. I think DeSantis might actually be a little bit pro war as well. And yeah, the fin- w- bottom line, w- one sentence: war is profitable. 
And there's yeah. a lot of people that make a ton of money. Yeah. The contractors, um, Lockheed Martin, like on down the list. So, I, I, I don't so, know. It seems like a kerfuffle over a whole bunch of minutiae. The only thing I'm going to interject about yeah. Vivek and Hannity is that this was an interview what, this week yep. with Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. on X. And yep. so usually if you're confronting somebody and saying these are your words, you, have you would play, exactly. you'd put it up on the screen. Oh, that's a good point. Or you would play it and say, well, let's listen into what you said or let's put the words up on the screen. Yep. And so my question is, why not do that? Yeah, That's there's the no way. mention of Tucker in that at all. Well, no, there in the last part of it, he does oh, okay. he does bring Reference it up. It. Okay, um, but why not just put it up there and make it clear? But he, he did talk about Azerbaijan and the atrocities he said against Americans and so on and so forth. So I I, I still don't really. There was so much back and forth. There It was a hot mess. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even parse through it to see. Whether or not he's was he taken out of context? I wish Hannity had they had produced the interview a little differently. Uh, Mangle Mush says uh, swarmy uh, swarmy used car salesman. Uh, Vivek. Vivek. Yes, I, I've been uh, saying uh, you know, always his, be a little leery of the guy that talks a really really his, good game. His point though, his point on special interest is not wrong. No, it's not wrong. No, that's that's the, one of the biggest problems with politicians. Mm-hmm. Is is who's funding them? Right, and this is another guy who's quote an outsider coming in well, and having the perspective that he has. It's almost like you know where I'm going there. This is how mm-hmm. the interview ended, uh, Daniel. This is the cut that I just sent you. Uh, this is how the interview ended here, and then Hannity wraps it up with him, basically cuts him off and ends the interview, and says something very unironically at the end of this interview. Uh, but they go into the Tucker interview and and all of that stuff. One of the things I loved about that interview with Tucker, one of the things I loved I about the interview with Tucker was we were actually able to have a thoughtful conversation and go listen, deep into issues Tucker all you want. rather than I like this Tucker. kind of, that kind of political gotcha. The point is this. Good. You, yeah, so you, watch you the go on these interviews. Said. Yeah, I, 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 I have nothing but nice things to say, but here's your problem. People you watch go it. on these shows, people quote your exact words, and you deny your own words. He and does I'm do saying that. if you're going to be a presidential Sean, candidate, and it. you're going to spend, you, I'm going to give you your exact words. Either the one, own it Sean, you have been sitting here for years talking about the fake news media. Did you play this you all been, the Sean, time? This is, I'm enjoying this. You have been laughing about the fake news media how many times for the last several years, and now you're buying the mainstream media narrative when Excuse you know how corrupt me, it is. I am this following is a you. Game. I am quoting your exact words. Are a problem. Did I not quote your exact words? Did I, or and did, I, did I or did I not quote your exact words? Did about I quote Azerbaijan your exact words? and Armenia. Absolutely. Thank you. About Goodbye. Azerbaijan. Yes, you did. I've got time to go. About a Thank different you. topic, Azerbaijan, where people should actually well, get you should... their own information rather than filter will... through centralized media. I think it's asinine to think somebody that worked in the defense industry should not be qualified to be president. I think people that never held public office, like you, maybe should... they're not qualified to be president. Anyway, we'll come back. Uh-oh. Oh, so is Ooh. Trump not qualified? I was just going to say that. Uh, like... Trump never held public office before becoming president. Kennedy's BFF? Uh, I know. Now, here's That's the... the problem with Kennedy. Yeah. He's, he's not very bright. Well, he's a high school <laughs> high school graduate. Uh, he made more money than I'll ever make. Yeah, exactly. um, so God bless him. You know, Vivek, here's the problem. You talk too much. You, you're on TV all the time. You're doing every media appearance possible. And, and you know, you got to get your name out there and get your brand. I got all of it. But there's also, and look, he's incredibly intelligent. He's far smarter than I will ever be. But sometimes when you give off that aroma of you're the smartest guy mm-hmm. in the room, sometimes your words come back to bite you in the butt. 
And he is one of these guys that always tries to make the claim when he's called out by somebody else on his own words that it's taken out of context. So it's basically you're saying, uh, I'm not smart enough to understand what you were saying. And then I call you on it and you try to walk your well, way through it. Well, Don, Don is completely correct. Is that how we end all of this is just have the video of him saying that quote. It's not that hard. Right. Yeah. He has 97 producers there. Yeah. You're telling me somebody can't transcribe that and 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 put it up there right well like, it's, come the pe- on. it's the pettiness of the media it's like remember when i told you when i used to work at the other sports station and they would never reference howard yep. eskin yep. like dude you're not going to lose anybody and everybody knows who you're talking about anyway so just get out of your feelings and just acknowledge the, the source the problem the problem with hannity and somebody made this uh, point on the youtube chat which i think is a good one is that he's just he's a bad interviewer he doesn't let like he's not it's not that he's not prepared he's just he talks over people. He yeah. yells at people. He, like he, he he doesn't know how. He just likes the conflict of it. And as a programmer, I like conflict too. Mm-hmm. But like he he's like seeking that out. Yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't always have his facts backed up. And he should have just played the video and been been done with it. Been like, here's what you said. Here's yeah. here's your video. Yeah. And let him deny it or support it. Right. Whatever. Right. But what do we think about the underlying? Uh, uh, question there about uh, people who have defense contracts, uh, you know, money from that holding office. Yep. Well, holding office. Well, I, I mean, that was the whole thing where yeah. she's, you know, uh, Nikki Haley, according to Vivek, is what this whole thing was over. Was that you know? Yeah, I'm not crazy. She's, she's, yeah. she's, she she profits from war. Not crazy about it, but I got to say this. Keep in mind, these are competitors that are vying for you know <laughs> the Republican primary nominee, which they're all vying for second place. But there's certainly other vying for other spots, you know, potentially in the cabinet. I, I I would say that right now, when you look at Nikki, and I think this co- actually will correspond with some of the the latest polling numbers. Nikki Haley's leading Biden by four points. Uh, Nikki Haley is up on a bunch of other people. DeSantis is like fourth in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. There's not a there's not a ton that you can nitpick at Nikki Haley right now if you're Vivek or any other candidate. So I think it's one of the low hanging fruits, so to speak. That this is the this is the kind of the shot and the barb you have to take at her because she's been relatively good and buttoned up in a lot of categories. Yeah, you know what? When you were talking about this and asking the question, I just could I thought of history. And Ike, President uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower's farewell address, 1961, kind of shocked everyone when he warned against the establishment of that military-industrial complex. And it was really prophetic. Mm -hmm. But I think that one of the reasons that the swamp, at all costs, does not want Trump, and I mean on both sides of the aisle, is because Trump is not part of the military military industrial complex that's correct right and that's why vivek wants to be mini trump and he does <laughs> mini trump. and he even talks like him but, 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 like talks a little yeah. fast like mini yeah. trump yeah. because he's he's saying he he's picking up on that and he he is basically saying there is a military industrial complex and yes it is hugely profitable and so the swamp Feeds off, think of like Godzilla, you know, feeds off electricity or whatever. I mean, the the swamp feeds off of the military Mm -hmm. industrial complex. Yep. You're right. So I I think in that spirit of that, whether I I think the problem with Vivek is that he, you look at Trump and Trump always simplifies things and people will even, even criticize Trump for simplifying it. 
but Vivek could learn a little bit of, uh, from him mm-hmm. because Vivek, and he's so smart and he's so quick and yep. he's, you know what I mean? Yep. But he sometimes, he over talks it or yep. over speaks it, if you will, and he needs to simplify his message. Uh, Nick is, Nick, I'm going to just emphasize what you said. Nobody likes the smartest person in the room. Nobody ever has. Anybody, everywhere. Everybody hates the smartest person in the room. Yep. Vivek comes off as the smartest person in the room. Yeah, like the teacher's pet. Exactly. Oh, oh he's yeah, definitely the teacher's pet. Yep. Uh-huh. Well, that's why that, that one Chris Christie line where he what did he say again? Chat GPT. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's true. It's true. And by the way, I think Dan Crenshaw tweeted something because he went after Dan Crenshaw too. Oh, they were having a battle uh, back and forth. Yeah. So Dan Crenshaw tweeted something about, about it too, about him being a chat GPT. So. <laughs> he's not. He's not making a lot of fans. No. Which, by the way, I'm a. I'm a fan because I think all of these Congress people and like they're all corrupt a holes anyway. So like, <laughs> I'm fine with him throwing a hand grenade into the not literally figuratively, yeah. Yeah. right? Like a a hand grenade into this and just you know. I am always pro outsider. Yes. Exactly. I mean, you know, even you know, you look at life. Like, even like <laughs> for life, <laughs> uh, the uh, um, Mehmet Oz. I mean, even when you're a bad candidate and you lose to somebody you shouldn't. Yeah. I love I love the idea of the outsider coming in to ruffle feathers. Uh, by the way, scre- uh, streaming live on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash at twelve ten WPHD. Please hit the like button. We're like fifteen likes away from one hundred. So if you're watching right now, please hit the like button so we can get to one hundred likes. Also, if you have not done so, hit the subscribe button. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash at twelve ten W. WPHT. Uh, we're well over 4,700 likes right now, or uh, subscribers right now, which is great. So thank you for that. We had this discussion earlier. I brought this up earlier, so I want to bring it up again. James Rosen to the White House about look, there's 27 Americans killed by Hamas. Why is Biden relying on Israel to respond? James Rosen asking uh, John Kirby this. Cut 13. 27 Americans killed is a very large number. That is larger than the number of Americans who were killed by terrorists during our withdrawal from Afghanistan, larger than the number of Americans killed at the USS Cole, larger than the number of Americans killed at Benghazi or beheaded by ISIS. And I believe it's accurate to say that after all of those events, direct U.S. military action was ordered by the Commander-in-Chief. 27 Americans killed. Why is it the posture of the Biden administration to just let Israel handle this job, in essence, um, instead of U.S. forces going in and getting the guys that killed our people? James, we we will do, as Jake said, everything we can to get uh, those American hostages home with their families. We recognize that they are not the only people being held hostage. Other nationalities are included in that group. We don't have enough information right now to make a policy decision about how to do it. So I can appreciate the sense of urgency in your question. Believe me, we share it. But we aren't going to act one way or another until we have enough information to act upon. You know, um, they never want to give you an answer or they never seem to be prepared to have an answer. But here's an answer that one of our listeners sent in. Uh, This was Salty Vet an hour ago. And this is maybe the answer as to why um, we're in the situation we are and we haven't done more. Uh, Salty Vet says, we are not ready to fight Iran. We just lost a war to mountain men in sandals with AKs and no Air Force. I say this as a vet and the son, brother, and dad of vets. Afghanistan was a NATO war and we lost. 
Iran wouldn't be NATO. I mean, let's think about this for a second. Is it possible? And we've seen recruiting numbers down for the military. We've seen them lowering standards, all in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I mean, is it possible that we're just so uh, a, a relic of what we used to be from a military standpoint that th- we're not entering this conflict because we don't want to show up? our legit weaknesses and have those weaknesses exposed? I think it's all about the commander-in-chief. I don't think it's about the troops. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, Biden's the easy answer right? and the correct answer for Leadership, sure. Leadership. Yes. Head of, head of the horse, right. you know? I mean, we have a commander right now that you, you can't wake up at 2 a.m. if a bomb goes off, right? Like this guy, 81 years old, the whole bit, and it gets the, the larger picture again of the, these people in office that shouldn't be holding these positions, it's it's honestly I don't know that there's one simple answer it's like you ever go to the doctor and you're trying to get something diagnosed and the doctor said and you really want the doctor to tell you I have this and he says well it's multifactorial there's a lot of different things at play here that's what's going on here I don't know guys you're taking something away from this that I I'm not my my big takeaway on this is that we are we are ramping up for war. And I don't like it because this has this has 2003 written all over it. Full fledged war it or does. kind of this passive aggressive like response that we're doing with I, Ukraine? I don't know, Nick. I feel like it is. I feel like we are we're ramping up for a full fledged war. Okay. And, I fear. I fear. Like I, I responded to Salty too, our great patriot. I, I fear you're both right. Yeah. I, I fear that, but I, you know, I think that the cynical side of me. And I pray, I pray every day since Saturday, I just pray about this because it's so terrifying. But you look at this and it's a way out because, and I, and this is so cynical and horrifying to say, but the truth is Biden knows from his experience, if you are in, in war like this, it surely helps an incumbent because we as the American people tend to rally around it's a good point. the president. Yeah, it's a very good point. And it's I, a very I'm, good point. And I'm sorry to say that I you, that pains me to say it, yeah. and it pains me to think that I I do I think you guys are right. Think about how unpopular Bush was until oh. yep. until uh, well nine eleven. I think nine eleven everybody really uh, yeah. rallied around him for the most yes. part. Oh yeah, um, when he stood on that mound and said, "Well, I can hear you." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, threw out that pitch at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's it. it you're. You're right, Don. There's never, uh, there's always a good time. That's always the best time to rally around the commander in chief mm-hmm. is when is when there's a conflict or a war going on like this. And I just, I just fear that we don't, we don't know what we're getting into. And yes, I'm sure that this has Iran's fingerprints all over it. I know, like Hamas is funded, like they're not, they, they're, they need to be funded by somebody. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. I'm not saying that Iran doesn't have their fingerprints all over it, but I just, you know, we were sold a bill, a bill of goods on the the uh, WMDs, yeah. and I'm just afraid we're going in that direction well, again. And, without- and, and also think about the, the next two elections, or the last two, I should say. We're going to have the last election, which was uh, right smack dead in the middle of a global pandemic, yeah. and now we're going to have an election as, you know, quote, World War III's underway. Interesting times. <sighs> Because I said it, I've been saying it all this all this week, and I'm going to continue to say it. This is not this is this is over religion, and these guys have been fighting this for years and mm-hmm. years and years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and we're just not we, we it's not our fight. Yeah. We don't need to get involved. I get it. I get that there's hostages, and you know what? You want to send in SEAL Team Six in the dead of the night or Delta Force in there in the dead of the night to get them the hell out of there? Fine. Yeah. I'm I'm all for that. 
but we we can't be we can't be our involvement needs to end there. It's the war that will never end. Uh, sadly. So what are we up against in this country? Everybody's wondering that. Progressive. This, this was a pro-Hamas college protest. <laughs> Pro-Hamas. George, uh, George Mason University. Where's George Mason University? That's think in know? Washington, D.C. area? Is it? Okay. I think. So you have to see this video. You can hear it, too. Uh, but they're chanting, they've got tanks, we've got hang gliders, glory to the resistance fighters. Oh. This is happening on our college. You campuses, know, on second thought, I'm going to pull a Hunter Biden. I'm taking the money out of my daughter's college funding, <laughs> and I'm going to spend it on hookers and booze. And my girls are going to trade school. Yeah, it's really scary when you see what's happening in these colleges. George Mason, by the way, uh, Fairfax County, Virginia. Especially on uh, today, today of all days. I, I guess this happened yesterday, but today of all days with the uh, Global Day of Jihad. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm sorry I didn't get you guys anything for right. for for the holiday. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remember next next day of global jihad. Uh, cut a, cut eleven. They got tanks. We got hang gliders. They got tanks. We got hang gliders. Glory to the resistance fighters. Glory to the resistance fighters. These are kids, by the way. Yeah. It These sounds are- like glory to the hang gliders. Yeah. Settlers, settlers, go back. It's unbelievable. And, and, you know, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, it's not a small number of people. Right. So a couple of things with this. Number one, I hate academia anymore. It's nothing more than a cesspool of woke think tank. Uh, That's number one. Number two... I also saw a video of students at the University of Washington or a university in the state of Washington uh, where there were literally uh, females, 18 to 22, at one of these protests that was pro-Palestine. And they're crying in front of, like, police officers and administrators, like, saying, these are the people that want us dead. Can't you do anything about this and have this stop enough already? But let me just point out that moment there, because this is not just that university, George Mason. We have seen universities across the country yeah. with these protests. We now live in a country where Riley Gaines faces more blowback yeah. when she shows oh, up to save point. women's sports than people that show up for the pro-Palestinian Hamas side of this cause. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in for a moment. Riley Gaines is viewed as more of a deplorable than anybody there in support of killing Jews. All this week, we've been talking about sleeper cells in the United States. They're not. They're really not sleeper cells. They're out in the open. No, yeah. We played. We played. We played them in Dearborn, Michigan, yesterday. That that speaker at a giant theater filled with people. All of these college campuses. Let's play what happened yesterday in Philly. Thanks to Daniel Valdez for finding this. This is K one. These were on the street. This was on the streets of Philadelphia yesterday. Uh, two hundred. Palace- you want me to tell you? Yeah. Two hundred supporters uh, locked down Market Street. It's a, it's the all the news stations covered it. And yep. It's on the Inquirer as well. But I mean, they shut down hundreds of these pro Palestine. Um, supporters and they're specifically critis- critical of the news coverage, mm-hmm. saying why isn't the news coverage, um, you know, covering Palestine, the Palestinian viewpoint? Yeah, yeah. K one. I mean, guys, we we used to work right across the street from this. Oh, is this Fourth and Market? Yeah. Well, yeah. they shut down that whole section of Market Street. 
I'm not a city of people. We are here because we want the world to know our side and our story. The lies that are being committed. They're in plain sight. They're out there. Right. We cannot continue if we stand together. It's very simple. It's an American city. I love how there's that guy with his little his little briefcase. He goes scooting by. So I got to get in the court. <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. Um, and we have the Philly Palestine Coalition. That's another group that held the that held the rally. Yeah. And that was uh, last Sunday. Speaking of shutting down roadways, I saw a video last night on social media that there were Palestinian men who shut down the LIE. Um, was that the Long Island Express? I forget mm-hmm. what it actually stands yes. for. And they were they they cut off the cars and they were doing like donuts spinning mm-hmm. across the highway, all the smoke from the tires screeching and waving the flag. And all you see is the entire traffic come to a screeching halt, and they can't do anything. Let me let me just tell you guys this: there th- that viewpoint for most of those protesters on college campuses in Philly, uh, wherever, like. The at um Is at that Harvard? theater in um yeah. in in Dearborn, Michigan. That their their motto for most of them is death to Israel. That that is the motto. So when we had this whole big kerfuffle a, a couple years ago with uh, dudes and tiki torches saying you know Jews will not replace us or whatever they were they were saying. Remember the remember the news coverage on that. Remember how this is this is America in 2016 or 17, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and this is this is this is the this is the world we live in. That their motto is death to Israel. So that is just as um, a, a scary to uh, a Jewish person as dudes and tiki torches. Yeah. I would say even probably more. Yeah. Non-binary, fully semi-automatic assault pistol on Twitter says, <laughs> just "That's his Twitter handle." Uh, says Hamas brings it. Hamas brings its global day of jihad to Philly, only to find with disappointment that the city is already so violent that nobody notices. That's true. Wow. That's a good point. <laughs> what a sad state of affairs for our city. Uh, you mentioned at the uh, start of the seven thirty segment about MSNBC's ratings, kind of uh, yeah, down thirty three percent in the toilet uh, right now because of their coverage. I mean, even the even the uh, 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 Greenblatt from the ADL went on Morning Joe and was like, "Who's writing your scripts, Hamas?" Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very pro. Uh, in my opinion, it's very pro Hamas what they're doing. Katie Turr yesterday on her program had on Nora Arakat. She's a Palestinian American activist. There's a few cuts here that I want to play, but I think it's important because I want you guys to hear this because this is she's a, like a human rights activist or something like that. And the words that she's saying here, it's all these little buzzwords like apartheid system and and, uh, you know, uh, you know, settlers and all of that stuff that she's saying for Israel. And like, again, these people are in plain sight and they're being mm-hmm. interviewed on mm-hmm. MSNBC right. to, to what I would say is a very sympathetic host. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start with cut seven here, Daniel. Joining me now is Nora Arakat. She's a human rights attorney, Palestinian-American activist, and associate professor at Rutgers University. Nora, the images that we've been seeing... By the way, associate professor at Rutgers University. Oh, of course. Of course. You, you, you have to hear what she... I mean, she's basically saying that, like, there's no way forward without Hamas. Oh. Like, this is... Like, she's not this even... This is necessary. She's not even... Yeah sugarcoating this mm-hmm. um i'm going to start that over daniel because i know it's hard to so i'm going to start that clip over 
Joining me now is Nora Arakat. She's a human rights attorney, Palestinian-American activist, and associate professor at Rutgers University. Nora, the images that we've been seeing for the past six days, both inside of Gaza and the images of, of what happened to the Israeli citizens, both have been so gut-wrenching, so difficult to watch. It, 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 it makes it feel like there is a, a, an intractability to this fight. As you've been studying this, what what can happen next? Thank you, Katie. These are indeed gut-wrenching image, gut images, but they are also preventable images and preventable mass atrocities. The condition that the largest crime in the condition that sustains this violence is the crime of apartheid and the apartheid system that Israel oversees and that the United mm -hmm. States has been the primary supporter of yep, in fault. military, financial, and diplomatic support. This is not something that can be solved militarily. This requires a political and a diplomatic solution, one that so many of us have been working towards. And yet what we're seeing in this very moment is a fomenting for absolute indiscriminate war crimes against Palestinians. You have war crimes against Palestinians. Oh, okay. War crimes against Palestinians. Right. I, I you know, I love how all people on the left have used uh, the BLM movement to talk about the oppression of minorities. And then we have now the oppression of the Palestinians. Uh, the Jews have been oppressed forever. I mean, you can't, you can't pick and choose selectively a la carte which oppressed group you support and which ones you, you either support all of them or you have no problem with any of them being oppressed. You don't, you can, it's like you can't pick and choose like, with, like science. With, with the trans movement. Oh, uh, I believe in science with this, but I'm just going to totally dismiss biology because I believe I'm a female. No. Like, pick a side and be consistent with it and remain consistent regardless of what specific group we're talking about here. Hey, parents, uh, by the way, uh, she's teaching your kids at Rutgers University. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. She's teaching your kids right. this, this, this crap. Well, yeah. at Rutgers University. Well, if Sorry, your Dawn. kids, if you haven't raised your kids right, it's too late once they get in college. So you better start from day one, mm -hmm. number one, to be critical thinkers, number one. Number two, the first part of what this woman said, the pro-Palestinian woman, the first part that she said was correct. This should never have been a military solution. It should have been done through, through proper negotiations. But when Hamas went door to door and was pulling out mommies and babies and families mm -hmm. and grandmas mm -hmm. and slaughtered them mm -hmm. and brutalized mm -hmm. them. And, and you're talking about, think about if you have 150 hostages and you think about all of the deaths that happened that day, door to door, hundred, imagine here in Philadelphia, I mean, just go door to door to door to thousands of individuals and gunning them down like that. Okay, so to her point, she would then disagree with what Hamas did because they took it to the level of military. And yeah. what what is anybody supposed to do at that point? You've now taken hostages underground like a like a snake down in a this this whole tunnel system. Mm -hmm. What are we? What is the world really supposed to go? Okay, well you have our children and yeah. wives and grandmas and grandpas and whatever and daddies down in that. But we're just gonna we're just gonna all join hands and sing Kumbaya. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Uh, let, me, let me give you another, um, speaking of uh, woke uh, professors at higher institutions of learning. So you have a radical Yale professor who is now being uh, facing calls to be fired over comments on uh, her, um, uh, her Twitter page over the Hamas attacks, calling it a murderous, genocidal 
settler state. She says, quote, her name is Zarina Gruel. She's a historical anthropologist uh, at Yale University. Quote, my heart is in my throat. Prayers for Palestinians. Israel is a murderous, genocidal settler state, and Palestinians have every right to resist through armed struggle solidarity. Uh, it has been such an extraordinary day, she retweeted, uh, and also doubling down in another tweet, arguing that, quote, no government on earth is as genocidal as this settler colonial state. Oh, my God. Um, she's does she not aware of what's going on in China? She's a professor. Yeah, professor at Yale. You know, I love, I'll tell you what, the Ivy League, man, they, they crank out some doozies, don't they? MGM guy on the YouTube chat says, stop playing these Hamas propagandists. You're giving them what they want. No, I'm... I. I, I think we're doing a service here by exposing what's happening. Yeah. And expo- he's Greg is exposing MSNBC. Yes. Yeah, because you'll hear that. I mean, Katie Turr tries to push back a little bit, but like she's she's clearly she's clearly agreeing. Mm-hmm. She's clearly agreeing with what this person is saying. Uh, I'm going to continue where I left off there, Daniel. And a representative of the Israeli state on before you who is given a platform to talk about these military operations despite the fact that Israel has targeted the Palestinian Red Crescent Society, has targeted shelters, sheltering the Palestinians, has targeted electricity um, uh, uh, sources, has targeted access to clean water. After and yet what? Here, he is on your program what, right? justifying these war crimes, whereas you would never, ever allow a Palestinian representative of state, let alone of Hamas, on your program to talk about their military operations and justify them on your program. We have to be clear. If we want to protect civilian life, we want to protect all civilian life. If we want to apply the laws of war, then we apply all the laws of war across the board without exception. And unfortunately, we are hearing a very racist, dehumanizing framework racist. that is justifying oh, these war crimes against Palestinians. Can you justify what you've been seeing uh, happen to the Israelis? Can you justify justifi- the images that? of the babies? I'm just, I'm who just- justifies that? Palestinians are the people who have been protesting nonviolently for decades. The Palestinian struggle for freedom is 100 years old, as they have been protesting against the usurpation of their land and, and their forced displacement. Hamas wasn't established until 1987. Palestinians have been protesting against the siege for 16 years. In 2018, 40,000 Palestinians marched week in and week out while Israeli snipers... She's also not addressing no. the question. Of course not. Nobody ever addresses the questions mm-hmm. on these interviews. Well, yeah. that's that's the thing, is that she's like, and and they're cutting off water supplies and, mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. Why, why are they doing that? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. did we just forget what Dawn Stensland just said? That, that, <laughs> yeah. that you know, there were going around home to home yep like are we just forgetting that they didn't just do this because hey let's you know let's start a war and now you see why msnbc is down 33 percent in prime time and 24 percent overall it's just i look i'm i'm all for i'm off but this i said this earlier this week this seems to be the only conflict that the media seems to well let's bring on a representative from hamas yeah let's bring on a they both side it chris cuomo had a guy from hamas on yeah, now, right. now granted he he walked off the interview but like what what why are we would you, doing why would you book somebody from hamas here's a nazi yeah let's let's hear what he has to say yeah it's, 
<laughs> Let's see if we can book Bin Laden. Is he available well, exactly. right now? Exactly. Does, does any producer in the back have Bin Laden's phone number? Like, what in the hell are we doing? You know, it's one thing you can sit here and say, yes, I'm not against Palestinian people in general. You could sit here and say, yes, I believe in free speech and the right to protest. But rationalizing and trying to normalize any act of terror or any terrorist group or their radical agenda... No matter, you can give me all the history, like she was in there. Well, they weren't created until 1987, and they've been fighting this battle for a hundred years. And you can go back to 1973. Okay, I got it. I got all, like, I can Wikipedia all of it as well. <laughs> but it doesn't justify the right to do that. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to move on to cut five here. Uh, this is where she discusses that there's no way forward without Hamas. Did you hear that? No way forward without Hamas. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just passing a kidney stone. No, no, no. <laughs> cut five. About Hamas. Do you, do, is Hamas a, a government that is functional and should should remain in Gaza? Do you think that there is a coexistence between the Israelis and the clear. Palestinians want, with Hamas? I absolutely believe in coexistence. There is only one future. We either all survive together in mutual uh, existence or we all die together in this mutual destruction. There is no way forward. We have all got to exist together. What is the U.S. and Israeli plan right now? What do they plan on doing? Invading all of Gaza? and decimating it how do you get rid of a of a fight for freedom this is a freedom struggle it's not just encapsulated in one political party like hamas it is encapsulated across the palestinian diaspora across all palestinian political parties you cannot extinguish a struggle for freedom the demand is an end of the occupation for 56 years now a demand of lifting of the siege 16 years now and a demand of the end of 75 years of settler colonial removal and replacement there is a political solution here are these buzzwords yeah and the one word that stood out to me is the bit in the beginning is where she says that hamas is a government so i'm looking at the wikipedia page for hamas it says and i'm reading this directly from their page hamas officially the islamic resistance movement is a sunni islamist political and militant organization currently governing the Gaza Strip of the Palestinian territories. While it is headquartered in Gaza City, it also has a presence in the West Bank. And it goes on and on and on. To me, I, you know, if somebody wants to try to argue the case that they're a government, knock yourself out. To me, Hamas is a, Hamas is a terrorist organization. So let's, let's not make it sound like this was, is like a established uh, provincial government with uh, citizens that fund the employees of the government through their tax dollars and all this other garbage. Also, yeah, they I'm, do I'm have sorry. the Fatah, F-A-T-A-H. They do have the Fatah, and they're they're more west, right? Yeah. And so they're more moderate. They're not the violent. Oh. They're not known as the violent they're militant. The, the, the Hamas rhinos. So Hamas, at some point, they were more. They pushed for them. This may sound familiar. They pushed for more you know, social changes and that sort of thing. Then once they came into power, they became very militant and intimidating. Mm. Um, and radicalized. Also, by the way, she's not, if you notice here, all we hear, all we hear from these people is, well, there's a difference between the Palestinian people and Hamas. What she's saying is there's not. She's, 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 she's lumping them both together. There's no way forward without Hamas is basically what she's saying. 
Uh, we continue. Human rights organizations have mapped out a human rights path, which includes sanctions on Israel because of its apartheid policies, weapons sanctions that they cannot be using indiscriminately against Palestinians. There is a political pathway forward. We have been urging all to follow it. We have to allow for spaces of hope with dignity for all people. This cannot be ended militarily. There are many people um, in Israel, there are many people uh, in, in the Palestinian territories, West Bank and Gaza, who are, are all for that, who want that. Um, and we've talked about the, the, the current Israeli makeup of the government and the inability uh, of forging a path forward with Palestinians. We've done extensive reporting on that uh, on this show for the past week. Um, but I have to ask you again, Wonderful. What, Thank about, you. what about Hamas? What do you do with Hamas? Hamas was established in 1987 in the midst of the first of what's known as the first Palestinian Intifada. They were established as an opposition to the Palestinian uh, to Fatah and wanted to wage a liberation struggle from the moment that the Oslo peace process was established, Israel began to besiege the Palestinians in Gaza by creating a perimeter around them. Hamas is a political party. We see them making political decisions as well. They've been portrayed as fanatical terrorists who are out there for primordial yes! lust oh. and, and violence oh, and hate. And yet Hamas is a political party that has switched its allegiances. We saw them become a governing party and not just a resistance movement following the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. We saw them leaving Syria and moving to Qatar in the midst of the Syrian uprising. They are eligible to be part of a Palestinian unity government, which the Israel and, and the United States have thwarted. We have to recognize so that you think they Hamas are not going to disappear. Say. They're not going to disappear. So Hamas is a political party. I would have followed up with the question of do they believe in mail-in ballots. <laughs> uh, but I digress. Uh, it says right there on the, squ- on the on the crawl, if you were watching uh, on YouTube on MSNBC, there's a yeah. quote from Netanyahu that, that says um, uh, um, Hamas is against civilization. I would take it a step further. I would say that Hamas and any of these terroristic groups in the Middle East are against evolution of society you know they don't believe that women should have rights they don't believe that you should be as a gay person or bisexual that you should be able to you know spend the rest of your life with whatever sex or gender you want to spend that with like they are legit like when you hear you say oh man would you just crawl out from a rock dude like these people live like it's the stone age still Yes, and they don't believe in so like when all these left wingers come out and say, "Oh, MAGA Republicans, you're transphobic, homophobic." Like you, okay, you want to say that? I present to you Hamas. Yeah, as my my counter argument. Reminder once again: this woman is a teacher at Rutgers University. Yeah, where's she at? The Camden branch. What? Uh, one more. This is the Scataway. This is a short one. Um, she says uh, an entire generation of Palestinians. Uh, have been left and abandoned, and that's why Hamas was formed. Cut four. Here. With others in a unity government, I think Hamas can stay. Whether or not they can or cannot stay is not the issue, because the alternative of what you're saying is that we decimate Hamas. And I have to remind viewers, Hamas is a political movement comprised of Palestinians who believe in a freedom struggle forward. See, that's... let me just say one more thing. That's yeah. that's the other thing with this too. Okay. They're not, they're not. These people aren't denouncing Hamas. Mm-hmm. We say that we say that all the time. Like if somebody carried out some horrific act in the name of your religion or Dawn's religion or anybody else, yeah. you you guys would be the first to come out and say 
this doesn't represent I, Christianity. I, this I, would, I would denounce it if somebody came out and did that on be, and claimed it was on behalf of the Republican Party. Like that doesn't represent my belief. These I do not hear this quote unquote peaceful group coming out and saying this does not no. represent us. No, she's not doing that. It's amazing. We only use words like mostly peaceful when it fits. Um, yeah. You know, a certain agenda yep. or narrative. Uh, we continue. They are not merely these sensational images that you see. The members of Hamas that you saw recently, right? I just want to make clear to people that these are not monsters who emerge from underground just after no. wanting to terrorize yeah, Israelis. No. These are young men who have only grow, grown up under siege for the past 17 years, oh who God. have been subject to four large-scale offensive that have bombed them in their homes, that have targeted medics and hospitals and water supplies, that have refused them a future and told them that the only future they have is to remain in an open-air prison. We have denied them of hope. So when you say Hamas, we are actually talking about an entire generation of Palestinians who have been left and abandoned by the international community. Mm -hmm. I want us to shift away from focusing on a political party and remind people that this is about a Palestinian struggle for freedom. It far exceeds Hamas. It is not about Hamas. It is not about Gaza. It is about all of Palestine and all of Israel and about a future for everybody. So everybody wants to say well, it's about a future for everybody. So, so what's your plan? Because since the beginning of time, I, 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 I keep hearing about what, what's right, what's wrong, and what the future should look like. Has anybody laid out a plan? And, oh, by the way, even if you have a plan, can you rationalize and have negotiations with people that are crazy? Probably not. This, by the way, I've never yearned for talking more about Donovan McNabb than I have right now. <laughs> I miss those days. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. No, I'm sorry. Um, by the way, so for all the people out there, like she's, she, I played this clip because I think she's very – uh, she's a, a good representation of what like they're, yes. they're saying. Agreed. There's no difference right. between Hamas and the Palestinians. Yeah. She's saying that. Mm -hmm. She did say that. She yeah. did. Well, that in, and Stalker's been right. Uh, no, it's not me. I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to. No, but you you've, know, you've I, made that point this week that you think a lot, a, a big majority of the of the Palestinian people believe this. Yes, and, and, and are rooting this on. Uh. Somebody on Fox News did an interview with a U.S. citizen stuck in Gaza. Uh, this was a, you know, look. I mean, just you you feel for you feel for these people. Hey, you want you want you, know? you want a little lighthearted joke here? Yeah. Marcus Aurelius on Twitter says, "Fact: Hamas is against AM radios and cars." <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, cut to here, Daniel. It feels very terrifying and uh, and really. Uh kind of forgotten everything's on edge um my car doors anything passing you think it's the another bomb or 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 a whiz of a, of a of a rocket so it's um it's kind of uh again you feel a bit lost when when you don't hear anything more from your government there you go wow. so that's a uh, u.s citizen stuck in gaza and i also want to just say this because this has not been mentioned by anybody i think on this show all week um Radical Islamic extremists come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. Uh, it's not everybody that you think that you, you, I mean, you could, right? We talk about sleeper cells right now. There are a lot of people that are, quote, American or white that convert to this, that convert to Islam and then become radicalized. Yep. So it's not always just, oh, it's the guy that's got something over his face or he's waving the Palestinian flag. 
there are people that have um, joined this jihad that look, quote, just like you and I, yep. that are flying under the radar. So I think that's worth mentioning as well. All right, let's lighten it up here. Well, well yeah. the world is exploding. Give me a little uh, Dylan, uh, more, more Dylan. No, uh, well, the world is exploding, and uh, there's, there's turmoil going on everywhere. Uh, our vice president is touring colleges. <laughs> so on 10-11, I guess that was a few days ago, yeah. she was at the College of Charleston. Okay, South Carolina. Cut eight. Um, so I'll tell you one of the things about me. So I'm kind of a nerd on certain levels about certain things. So oh, here's one reveal. Here I love Venn diagrams. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Venn diagrams. I'm telling you, whenever I'm facing like a conflict and I need to sort it out, give me a Venn diagram every day of the week, yep. right? Twice on Sunday. Um, so we talk about conflict, right? So this is where the vice president of the United States, if she's not doing college tours and literally reading the same script again, and I'm sure she got unburdened by the past and what could have been, and then she giggled. I mean, so if we're talking about, because there's a conflict going on right now, right? I've, that's what I've heard. There's a conflict in, in, yep. in, in Israel, right? Yep, that's what I've could, heard. Could the Venn diagram solve the <laughs> conflict in the Middle East? I, it, it Are could. we a Venn diagram away from Kamala Harris yep. ending the war of all wars um one day later october 12th she's at the college uh, the college of southern nevada she said this cut nine and that's why community is so important and coalition is so important so here's here's i think at this point a well-known secret about me i i love venn diagrams <laughs> i love venn diagrams and whenever i am presented with it's kind the of like same it's the same thing I'm, i always wonder is there a venn diagram to Wait, figure this stuff out and I, we love that about you right right so it's a day later it's a, a day later the yeah. exact same i thought quote. you no. were playing a th- no no it's no. like she's like she's like the beatles going from city to city <laughs> it's the same it's the same playlist i want to hold your hand <laughs> it's unbelievable and and it's so it's so scripted and to a uh to a t that the giggle and the laugh and the voice inflection is a hundred percent you can't pick it you can't say well that was wednesdays and that was thursdays you don't know the difference you don't that's so weird she does the exact same bit she's got to be on something she does the exact same bit (laughs) (laughs) yeah somebody put makeup and lipstick on nick (laughs) oh no where where uh, this is social tr- media. True. I love the YouTube feed putting Snapchat filters on everyone. Oh no! Oh, oh no! God. Drew Drew Offner on uh, <laughs> dude. I look I look banged up in this picture. <laughs> oh man, Daniel, I'm gonna retweet this. Daniel, I'm gonna uh, Daniel, I'm gonna post. I'm gonna send this. to Put you me in box can, four, baby. If you can put Nick Drew, I mean that's just that's just sad. Wow. Did wow. he have the surgery? No, I'm a Tucker Don. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, we'll do it live. <laughs> So sad. Wow, I would scare a lot of people at Halloween. Yeah. I might, I might go like that in three weeks, two weeks, to to where? I'm just that's gonna be my Halloween mm. look. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. All right, let's see the big three. <laughs> Look how thick my eyebrows look in that I picture. <laughs> All right, eight forty seven. Oh man, thank you, Drew. Drew, I think Drew's got to win. This has got to be the leader. Like, it, there's no way anybody's yeah. gonna top Drew in the next hour Come on Twitter. So hang. Well, on we don't here. know that. We yeah. don't know that. Da- uh, Daniel, do you see that? Can you pull Please. that up, or do I need to send yeah. it to uh, you? Uh, Daniel's in the toilet again. Yeah. 
He's in the toilet. He sounds like he's in the bathroom again. Oh, poor Dan. Like he's in the. He sounds like he's call, uh, He's connected to the urinal. Yeah, there's something wrong with his studio back there. Yeah, yeah we should d- dismantle that studio. YouTube.com slash at. Oh, there it is. YouTube.com slash at twelve ten WPHD. Wow. God. You look good. I look like I was up. All, I like I was up all night crying my what eyes out. It is with the. Those aren't your real eyebrows, are they? No. No. God no. no. Kind of drew them in. <laughs> what possessed somebody to do that? <laughs> just it's randomly just, on a Friday. It's, it's hysterical. Just, let's just... <laughs> YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHD. Hit the like and subscribe button, please. Yeah, uh, b- me- boy Nick of, Col- of Culture Club, uh, Kevin Poole's winning winning YouTube so far with that comment. I think I could be in a spokesperson for Bud Light with that picture. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Dawn, uh, Dawn Stenzel's a spokesperson for Kale & Company's news, and it's time for her Big 3 at 848. It's the Big 3 at 8 on Kale & Company. And on this Friday the 13th day of jihad, according to some, this is a follow-up on your story of college campuses, what's happening. So now we have a biggity-big Penn donor. This is a very wealthy donor who once gave $50 million to Penn here locally and is a Wharton grad who chairs Wharton's Board of Advisors, is asking that Penn's president as well as its board chair resign after the way they handled uh, the last month of the Palestine Rights Festival, which they say is embraces anti-Semitism. Mm. Okay. So this is the latest. We talked about Rutgers. We talked about Harvard, Yale, and the Ivy League, mm-hmm. and so on. Well, this is Mark Rowan, who's a Wharton graduate and is also the CEO of Apollo Global Management, and is calls on the alumni and supporters to please close your checkbooks. Wow. Close your checkbooks. Hit it where it hurts. And saying, you know, I guess Mark Rowan is actually kind of sounding like your bus driver. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Done with this shit. <laughs> Done with it. Done so you got, now it. you got Penn doing this. Penn actually employed Joe Biden to actually never teach a class. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad Penn Law rejected me uh, 17 years ago from law school. You haven't gotten over it. No. Oof. Actually, now I have. I'm glad. Good, good. good. Yeah. Temple did you well. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, number two. Number two, I will uh, tell you that there's a lot of breaking news with Israel issuing that 24-hour evacuation warning to Gaza citizens. There are protests there in the Middle East, in Yemen, as well as on the West Bank. And here in Philadelphia, Market Street shut down. Yesterday, there are pro um, groups, two dozen Jewish groups, who are planning on Monday, Sunday and Monday, in Philadelphia, a prayerful call for peace among our Jewish community here in the greater Philadelphia area. This will be huge on Monday. And so some traffic alerts as well for Monday. But I will, speaking of traffic alerts, Joe Biden Uh-oh. is here in Philadelphia Joe today. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's, he's scheduled here to, and this was pre-scheduled, so I'm surprised they haven't canceled it. Eighth time Biden traveled to Philadelphia this year, at least the 15th since he took office in January of 2020. He's expected to announce a hydrogen hub based in Philadelphia that gets part of the $7 billion in federal funding meant to accelerate hydrogen as a clean energy source. Oh, and how's that powered, by the way, Don? Uh, usually by gas. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, that, <laughs> I know. 
What? Daniel put up a split screen of Dick, of Dick with the with the. <laughs> now, if only he could. If only I could be on video live talking and looking like that. You yeah, gotta, we, you gotta draw in my eyebrows like Nick. Dan, Daniel, can we do something where we put in like, uh, like, like? Can his, you put hair on my head? His mouth talking or something. Yeah. That you, would be. Can, can you like take Dawn's <laughs> yeah. hair and pl- apply it to my head? YouTube.com slash at twelve ten. Kind of looks like a rock star. He does. I know. He does. <laughs> like an 80s grunge. Sorry. Doing that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, Darn. Okay. Well, Daniel, if you could find the um, <clears throat> frog story, I should have sent him Im- images of this. Uh-oh. This is the biggest story of the day and my favorite story because, you know, we've teased about things like I tease about playing. Remember how I've talked about playing possum? Yeah. You know, because you're tired. Right. And so a lot of, especially women, will, we will play possum with I've our husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard about it. Who knew that female frogs, they take it to a whole new level. Oh. They actually lay out, they fake their deaths oh. to avoid. <laughs> so they fake their orgasms. <laughs> Mustard. <laughs> so these researchers, I want to see all the video from this. Uh, researchers from the Natural History Natural History Museum, mm-hmm. and they said that frogs have tactics, but they thought previously they would be to escape during the mating season. Right. But these thirty-three percent of these amphibians, these p- specific frogs, played dead, or in, <laughs> or in s- scientific terms, experienced tonic immobility. The stiffening of outstretched limbs and mm. the inability to respond to stimuli. Wow. And so you see the male frog like trying to poke her and yeah. trying to wake her I up. Just, and yeah. she's just like. Bleh. So the male frog is like. Everybody must eat. And then the lady's like, no. That's interesting. I mean, so the male frog is basically relegated to this. Pound it oh. and, and then do like a dry rub. <laughs> But it's it's hysterical, and I just I don't know I just love the story that now now they've gotten so much reaction yeah. from it that they've said. Well, wasn't there a phrase for people that were horny lately? They would say I'm horny as a toad. Well, I've, I guess a male toad. Yeah, so yeah. I guess male frogs toads are just horn dogs. Well, frogs and toads aren't the same thing, right? Well, that's true. Mm. But this, so I guess that for frogs, I did not know this when they attach. To one another to mate, yeah. they actually literally become one yeah. and rely on their breathing. Yeah, and so the reason the male frog would not want to attach to a frog he thinks is dead, yeah. that he would then die. Wow, because he's trying to breathe through a dead frog, and right. then oh, you know what I'm saying, right. Daniel? You're the ma- oh yeah, look at that. Look at See? it, it blends in with the leaves. YouTube.com slash at twelve ten WPHT. The female frog playing dead. Yeah, so the other horny frogs don't come and. But, you know, whatever happened to the Budweiser frogs? We got to bring them back. That, you know, that, that's the one thing Bud could do right now to get past Dylan Mulvaney. Bring the frogs back. <laughs> Look at that frog. It blends right in. So playing possum. Yeah. Now we have all these female frogs. I just wanted to make you giggle. Yeah. I just thought I it was hysterical. That. I know. By the way, are these are these frogs uh, radicalized, or, <laughs> or are these uh, mostly peaceful? They identify as yeah. dead. But they have tonic immobility, the mm. stiffening of outstretched limbs. I have never heard of tonic immobility. Well, I have. That's after I have a few gins. <laughs> <laughs> you see gin and tonic. And... Uh, YouTube.com slash at 1210 WPHD. Hit the like button and hit the subscribe button if you're 
Uh, there's a lot of people tuning in that want to see yeah, this. Yeah, let's get back to Hamas. If you're in the mood. <laughs> And that's the big three. <laughs> Thank you very much, Don. 855-839-1200. Oh, now what? <laughs> it's split pictures. Just yeah, you know what? For the rest of the show, let's just go split screen. Frogs to the left and me to the right. <laughs> well, would you rather look like a toad or me uh, auditioning to be a part of uh, Kiss? Fridays are always the best YouTube shows, by the right? way. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> We're all punch drunk. Yeah. Too much, too much talking about serious yeah, subjects all week. That's the problem. Oh, boy. All right. I, I've got so many good things to get to because we're only like a third of the way through what I planned as usual, but that's always a good thing because uh, you never want to run out of material. So we'll come back. We've got the big, uh, the big, th- well, we just did the big three. Yeah. Dawn's Morning Mystery Movie Clip, part two of the cut sheet. Um, but let's get away a little bit from the Hamas stuff. It's the final hour of the week. Um, CBS's Gail King says that wokeism is truthism. We will debunk that and also the counter-revolution to the woke revolution in the classroom. We'll get to that story and see if that test can actually become truth. It's Kale and Company, fourth hour, next. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Hey, with all this Phillies action happening, everybody has Phillies fever Let's not forget, our Eagles are 5-0 and right now. They uh, go into MetLife Stadium on Sunday to take on uh, the New York Jets. The Aaron Rodgers-less New York Jets. By the way, the Eagles favored by 7. I would take that. Eagles minus 7. Uh, all you have to do, go to FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel.com slash Greg. Get $200 in bonus bets when you place your first $5 bets. All you have to do is put $5 on the Eagles minus 7. You get $200 in bonus bets. You have nothing to lose. FanDuel.com slash Greg. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL and is the official partner of 1210. WPHD 21 and over. President PA. First online room wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not trouble. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.